everyone and welcome to the Levantex podcast. It is a wonderful day and we have a wonderful guest, both political and cultural. Today we will be talking to a wonderful young lady. Her name is Christelle. She will introduce herself very shortly, but I just wanted to give a small introduction. Christelle has been very, very busy and very active on the ground, and we're here to find out what she's been up to and for her to elaborate on things that she's been doing and things that are coming up. So Christelle, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Sophie, for having me tonight. You did come onto the scene. You've always been very active. You've always been very busy. We do know you have Lebanon in your heart. Um, your partner is very active in the country as well. But uh, you decided to make a big uh, comeback into the scene when uh, you did, of your own accord, decide to go down and start cleaning the streets and people's houses after the August 4th blast. I'm Christelle Joubier. I'm a strategic communication consultant. And as Sophie said uh, earlier, I'm, I've always been very socially and civically active. What triggered me uh, after the August 4th ex explosion and blast is the fact that I was not directly hit by uh, the explosion. None of my family, thank God, were affected. And I know the meaning of losing. And I've already been through a very big loss uh, that I, I can relate to people's tra tragedies, let's say, let's put it that way. So I gathered all of my strength, all of my energy uh, after this blast. The second day I was on the ground since the early morning, just trying to figure out what can I do as an individual. I was like, I saw that everyone was all over the place. Uh, there was, and I know that a lot of initiatives and NGOs are gonna come to, to help those in need. So I decided on a personal title to just like uh, go and get donations, uh, to gather donations and to gather like equipments, uh, cleaning equipments. And I just like got some 10 brooms and like the heavy duty bags. I went to, uh, down to Jemaize and I started off at one of my friend's houses. So I gathered some people from the streets that I knew were like lost and did not know what to do. I'm just like, okay, come on, you're coming with me, you're coming with me, you're coming with me. Let's go and get things done. Uh, and I knew that was, that was my first response. Like I knew all of these people who have lost their homes are not gonna come back anytime soon because like everything was destroyed. So the least we can do is like when they, they, when they were to come back to their houses, to just like find them neat and uh, like clean. Just to give them, just to give them some form of safety that not everything is down on the ground, some form of normalcy, which obviously none of it is normal, but to yeah. say, you know, come home and you, you will, we're, we're here and we're going to support you. I completely I understand where you're coming alleviate from. Alleviate the, the pain of seeing everything broken and all, all the glass shattered and everything like just, uh, all over the place. So it was just about to make it like, just look, let's say normal. As much uh, what, as what, what were your encounters on the ground? Uh, did you meet people that you don't necessarily know? How did you interact with uh, victims of uh, the Beirut blast? Uh, how did they react to you? Were people comfortable with you coming into their house? Um, as, given the fact that you weren't necessarily with an NGO, you know, how was that rapport built? Uh, Instagram helped me so much. I relied on my social media. I've always been very active on social media, not necessarily uh, as a crisis uh, manager, but I, 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 I am active in my daily life on social media. So I was, I started uh, like just doing like calls for volunteers through my Instagram. 
and just calling out people, whoever is there, whoever is listening, whoever does not know what to do, please come join me. I'll uh, join me. I'll be at this exact place at this exact time. I have everything that you would need. Just don't bring anything. Just come. And this is how it st I started gathering volunteers that no, I did not know most of the people who joined me. I never met them before, but uh, whom I'm still in touch with till this very day. I started actually getting requests from people to come and clean their houses or houses of relatives because I was sharing the end result at the end of each cleanup. So I did like the series always of before and after because I really wanted to show people that we're actually getting things done. But you got a lot of um, bad feedback. People did attack you on social media for doing this, I do believe. I, I think I, I do remember us having a chat and you were quite upset with some of the comments and, and DMs that you were getting when you did share certain photos and you did put up certain things. And you said to me, so few people felt like I was going down there to just take pictures of myself instead of actually benefiting, benefiting the victims. So wh why do you think you went through that? Why do you think people were, uh, or, or get you, these comments were coming and are you still finding these DMs in your uh, inbox? We're used to that here in Lebanon. And I think like everywhere, you're always gonna find people who are gonna criticize, who are gonna judge people like, and most of the people that I re received messages from were, weren't actually doing anything. So like, I, I did not take that very personally, but I, I know that some people are always gonna judge, are always gonna criticize. That did not stop me from doing anything. That did not keep me from doing anything. And as much as I got like very, like these messages and these negative messages, I always, re I also received a lot of support. And so many people who were abroad and so many people who were here and they wanted to help, but they, could, they couldn't physically. So I received uh, many donations, which I did not necessarily share on my Instagram, but we actually gathered some donations. We gathered donations as uh, in kind, like uh, in, in kind. And we also like received money for, uh, for us to help these families we were actually visiting. So as much as I received negative uh, energies, I had like overwhelming positivity around me as well. Well, we've seen the overwhelming positivity with the last campaign that's just come out, come out called Love and Acceptance. Um, I think it's so beautiful. And this is re the real reason why uh, we're talking today. And mm -hmm. I think this message really needs to be spread. In February, I did like a small collaboration with 30 and 2, uh, lovely two sisters who have like a Lebanese brand. Uh, and they're like um, expressive t-shirts. So uh, we collaborated and we just wanted through these, through their brand to spread a message of uh, positivity as Sophie just said. And so I created the campaign Love Beyond Love. So it was like just defining love uh, in these times of uncertainties uh, beyond the actual emotion of being in love. So I defined love as being acceptance, as being compassion and uh, as being kindness because these for me are like the through the three uh, main values that we really need to like hold in our heart, hearts very tightly in order to continue and to like just survive these times without these three values we're just gonna well, all of us we're just gonna like be angry all the time and angry at uh, each other and angry at ourselves how has the re how has the response been towards the campaign? How has the response been uh, in regards to purchasing of the T-shirts? You know, and are there uh, the 
the money collected or the money earned from the t-shirts are any of these going back towards an NGO? Is there any type of link um, between char uh, for a charity or uh, anything along those lines? Uh, not for this campaign, no, because it was about helping Lebanese brand at the end of the day. So, which who also, also Lebanese brands and local brands and small businesses in Lebanon, they also need endorsing. So that was uh, like a way of endorsing a small business, Lebanese business and local business. So no, they were not related, but uh, it was really like the feedback was was great because I think we've missed those messages of positivity and hope that uh, that are shared on social media because through uh, through every t-shirt through each t-shirt i tried to and i think you've read it i tried to um to write like a small piece about it a, a small something that would just bring people a heartwarming feeling well i mean we're in it we're in a time where love compassion and kindness and tolerance is definitely needed and it's not just in lebanon it's around the whole world mm -hmm. So uh, it was a definite worldwide message and I think it was very strong and I'm glad that you put that out there and you've got the response that you did get. Now, Christelle, I have a couple of questions here. I mean, as time goes by, as the dollar now goes up uh, to 10,000 to the lira, you know, there is protests happening all over the streets. Um, everything is closing down. This is something we haven't experienced since the beginning of Corona. Um, since uh, the death of the revolution, shall we say, or it died down of the revolution, it quieted down. Everyone has an interpretation as to what happened to the revolution. But someone who has been very active, as you said, you know, you have a, you you do see it, take it upon yourself to be civically active, and and you participate in a lot of these different things. What do you feel is currently taking place in the country? Anger, confusion, people are down, people are confused, people are lost, uh, people do not know what to do because like everything we've been trying to do for the past year, you feel like it's just lingering through our fingers, like nothing is just sticking, we did not actually, okay, we, we had like the small achievements, but a, a year through, there are no major changes, we're still stuck in the same uh, circle of lies, of corruption, of uncertainty uh, it's even getting worse and worse so um, I try personally I know how hard it is for everyone out there uh, personally I try as much as possible not to let it take a toll on me because things happen bad things happen generations before us they've been through a war they've been through civil wars we've we're going through this and we're going to get through this at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get through this. It's not like we're going to be stuck like this forever. It's going to need time. It's going to get, uh, it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of crying. A lot of ba bad days are going to uh, always be there. It's not like we're always entitled to goodness and greatness in life. Uh, it's a shame that it's happening. Of course it is, but it's not that it's, it's a price we, ha we have to pay for because it's it's on us. It's on me. It's on my mother. It's on my father. It's on my grandparents as well. It's it's a whole generational thing that we're going through. It's not just the fault of whoever is in power right now. It's about a whole cycle. So at some point, we need to acknowledge that we have some responsibility towards what's happening. We cannot ignore that. We cannot just keep uh, 
pointing fingers and like throwing the blame. So we have another chance in like a year or so, we're gonna be grant, uh, granted uh, a new chance. So I just hope until then we're gonna be able to raise enough awareness to get our, to start getting ourselves out of this vicious circle. So what- I just uh, have a question. You said in a year or so, we're gonna get a second chance. Now this second chance that you're talking about, you talking about the, the upcoming elections or the elections that we should have. Supposedly. Okay, so just just to make that clear to our listeners, Crystal, we we have been promised uh, a chance for new elections. So, Crystal's hope is that we will, as a nation and as a population, understand what we've been through. I'm guessing, and be able to put that to the ballot box to in order to make the necessary changes in the government to be able to take those steps forward. So um, that's still to come. So shall we put pending or loading and see what happens there? But you know, Krista, there's been a huge brain drain in the country. Uh, we can see that. A lot of people have emigrated. A lot of people that have different passports or second passports have left the country. And I'm going to guess that you're at um, a stage of society where you have that option open to you. So why are you still here? Why is your partner still here? And what do you, what duty do you think it is on you um, to be staying here and not trying to pursue or start a life outside? Um, I have the option, yes. I've got two passports that are not Lebanese. I hold two passports that are not Lebanese and still I'm here and my partner is here. And I think it's for the one reason which people are different. And in our case, we have a vision. And I think this is what's keeping us here. So we're always trying to create new projects here. We're always trying to create projects from here for outside to be able to help like people, Lebanese people to, to, to recruit and employ people outside that are Lebanese. So I think this is the thing where we're, we just like, we're still holding on to hope and we've got a vision. We're working, we've got certain vision and we're working towards it. Some people, have lost this vision or have never had it. And I think this is why they're just looking abroad and outside. But as long as we have a vision and I think, and a lot of other people have this vision and this is why they're, they're still here. And I think like, this is what's gonna keep the country um, on its feet, maybe not now, but it's gonna, it's, it's gonna help. So you're saying the people that have chosen to say um, and have, have, have sort of grounded and trying to see past the crisis, what could take place, how they can use this opportunity of a crisis to maybe bridge the gap between the local Lebanese and the diaspora. Uh, you're playing a large hand in this. You're giving consultations on how to build CVs, how to build resumes. Um, how are you finding the reaction to uh, the local population? Do you feel like you're being flooded with, I need to get out of here or please help me? Um, so like, it's been like ever since the beginning of this year, the start of this year, uh, I've been giving uh, resume writing approximately every day. Like last year, it was like once or twice a month or something. But like uh, this year, there's like a spike and like people are realizing that they need a good resume. Uh, a lot of people are, are currently employed, but there are 
just want to keep their options open. They want to have like this tool in their hands that it could like uh, at any point, like when a door opens, they just like want to enter it directly. And other people are like, just um, let's say like just they drained and they do not want to stay in Lebanon. They're like very determined to, to move outside. And I understand like, I understand them. And sometimes you feel if they're here doing nothing, it's better for them to go outside to make their own money, to earn money, to send their parents. So I do not see it as uh, such a bad thing. When there are no opportunities, some people are really like in their fields and in their domains, they really do, cannot find any more, uh, any more uh, job opportunities here. Definitely. I mean, do you find yourself sometimes playing life coach instead of a resume master? (laughs) (laughs) Psychologist, psychiatrist, (laughs) life coach, a consultant. Yeah, but it's good to connect with people. I do not mind that. Um, When you understand people and when you're compassionate and when you just... uh, some, some, because I, funny you say that because sometimes I also receive people from let's say Egypt or uh, Brazil or I don't know like Lebanese outside and they just want to to fix their resumes and we just end up talking about life and their problems and their issues and sometimes it's good to talk to a complete stranger because they're not going to care at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and well, you also get a completely different perspective on things. We did had a little chat earlier, something I didn't know and you enlightened me to. You're currently working on a film. Uh, You're part of a crew and your partner's a producer. So do tell us a little bit about what's going on here. Some exciting stuff, I'm guessing. So uh, it's one of the visions. Actually, it's been uh, a project that's been uh, uh, ongoing for the past three years. So uh, whenever, so Mario has two partners, uh, Gianluca and Monchovzi, and there are three producers on this movie. We're recreating the Italian, uh, uh, the, the Arabic version of Perfect Strangers, which is an Italian movie originally. It's been uh, recreated in many countries. And now we're doing like the uh, Lebanese Egyptian, um, uh, Egyptian version. Uh, I've been watching him like for the past two and a half years, just working, working, working on this movie. And whenever they wanted to start shooting, like there was the, uh, the, the soda, there was the revolution. And then there was, there was a pandemic. And then there was like the total economic collapse. And like, and at some point they're like, okay, so we're never going to do this. We're never going to make it happen. We're not going to make it happen. And then two weeks ago, we made it happen. We started, so it was very emotional. Like so first time I was on set, I was like, I had my tears running down my cheek. I'm like, finally, this is happening. So this is part of uh, of having a vision. Like despite everything, they stayed determined and they stayed determined on uh, shooting it in Lebanon despite everything that's happening uh, to recruit uh, Lebanese uh, talents, to recruit young people who have just uh, like graduated from their uh, performing arts. Uh, majors to have trainees to have like all the all the uh, the staff are Lebanese mainly so uh, and it's going great and uh, it's going to be a nice project a nice movie well I guess it brings also some hope back to the country the country is uh, quite um, film oriented I mean we do have a lot of directors a lot of corporate videos are shot here even though um, ads and stuff you know so uh, it's nice to see, as we say in Arabic, you know, things are getting back on track slowly, slowly, things are happening. 
um, especially after what the country's been through for the last, I'm going to say, maybe two and a half years, um, even before the pandemic. But now that the revolution's kicked off again, do you think this could be now a new hindrance? Um, or are you in support of what's taking place? Am I in support? Um, yes, for, I, I support these people doing this because they cannot, this is, their, this is their way of expressing their anger. This is their way of like their last resort of just uh, revolting my revolution could be like my revolution is different i express my revolution differently but for these people i think it, it is kind of necessary to to feel the anger on the streets at some point because if they're gonna stay at home voiceless helpless wordless uh, you're never gonna feel their pain like you're always gonna say, okay, there, there are so many poor people, ya haram. But then again, when you see these actual people on TV expressing their pain, expressing how depressed they are, expressing how they, they actually cannot feed their families, expre expressing how they've been at home unemployed for the past year, you're gonna want to make um, more effort into and put more effort into whatever you're doing to help this country. I think I think that's very interesting to hear because I mean even let's say you're you're in a situation you know hypothetical situation where you're making fresh dollars um you're sitting quite comfortably um the current the, the country at the moment if you do have dollars you you can live like a king and uh these people are suffering now I'm not saying this is Christelle. I'm just trying to have a discussion with Christelle to get her perspective on things, which is, okay, uh, what can I do? Yes, I have this money, but I don't know what's coming. Do I want to start throwing it around? Do I want to start investing? Do I want to start helping? Do I not know what's coming down uh, the line? I think it is quite scary for all different tiers um, not not just necessarily the ones that aren't necessarily making money. Obviously, they're the worst off and people mm -hmm. that are making this type of money need to try to see how they can help and bridge this huge gap that is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in regards to the inflation. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you're not an expert, but you're a human and you live here and you mm -hmm. experience this and you feel it. Um, and you watch it, as you said, you, it, whether it's on the TV, whether it's notifications on Instagram, whether it's someone going live. And a lot of the people that we know and we're close to are active on the ground and are at most of these protests. So it's not just the underprivileged that are striking out and, and, and voicing their anger. It's people with voices that are voicing their anger with them. So how can we try to ease their pain even though we're in a situation of struggling do you wake up some mornings and go i don't know what to do you know i know there is a bunch of people over there that can't eat but i don't know who they are i don't know how to access them and i don't know if i can you know the little bit of uh, nest that nest egg that i've got i don't know if i can start you know cashing it out so how how do you react to this how do you where do you find yourself I'm a big believer and a firm believer in sustainability. Even though like, uh, I know how incompetent our government is and I know it's not gonna change overnight, even though in next year's election, we, we could like just get some uh, 
uh, MPs that are um, uh, that are uh, completely like with uh, with the people. Let's put it that way. I know it's not going to change overnight. The decisions are not going to change overnight. The situation is not going to change overnight. And because we again like vision, sustainability, everything, we're now. Um, I believe you cannot just help the poor by just like giving them money. You cannot help the poor by just giving them a monthly box of, of food that they need, even though it's, it is like necessary for people who cannot afford it. But this is not just, just the way to, um, uh, to help because you're, uh, we're, by doing so, we're just like uh, letting these people just sit around and wait for, for this amount of money and wait for this box of food monthly. And they're just going to be satisfied because there's nothing else that they think they can do. So in Lebanon now, you know, we're losing a lot of uh, the, the four, like the small, um, uh, this, the small jobs that were, that were previously occupied by foreigners uh, who are currently leaving the country. At some point, we're going to have to do it. Whatever you go at in any country, like you go to America and they're like, um, uh, like the janitors and whoever around the schools, around the companies, they're all from the states and they're all locals. It's not like always uh, uh, foreigners entering the country to, to work these jobs. So at some point, people are gonna have to work. Uh, what we're also trying to do now is like, uh, we're, we're uh, uh, now developing uh, a company for uh, cleaning for, for like locals completely like, local uh, employers uh, for cleaning. And before that, we're giving them trainings. We're training them on certain skills and not only on technical skills, we're also training them on some soft life, 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 uh, livelihood uh, skills to know how to um, like um, carry a conversation with their employer, with the clients, with anyone. We're trying to develop that in order to employ um, these people who are just sitting around and cannot uh, do not have any other skill to work in any technical skill. Uh, you know, it's interesting enough, you say that. Funny enough, we're, 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 funny enough we're, we're struggling to find people to come and work. To come and I work. was just going to just going to say this to you. I mean, I had the same conversation a couple of days ago with a friend, and I was basically saying the same thing. Uh, in England, uh, as as everyone knows, I'm half English, so in England. Uh, you had um, the underprivileged saying, uh, we have foreigners coming in and taking our jobs. Okay, you have foreigners coming and taking the jobs you don't want. That's why they're there. So that's one thing to take into consideration. Um, and uh, we had that here. Before all of this kicked off, we have foreigners in the country that are taking our jobs. Who are these foreigners? They're mm -hmm. refugees trying to work in order to make a living, whether they be Palestinian, whether they be Syrian, whether they be uh, Iraqi. We have a lot of refugees in the country. And, and then there's the concept of the Bangladeshis and the Ethiopians and the people that were working in uh, domestic cleaning and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So now we're in a situation where you say all of these jobs are nearly available because all of these people were 
not uh, earning their money in dollars and were, be, were being able to send enough money back home. Now, with the inflation and, and the, uh, the fact that there is no dollars in the country, um, they're not managing to work or create any form of livelihood. And it's probably better for them to go back to the country of their residence. Now, with all of these jobs open, and as you just said, you're struggling to find people to sign up. Now, is this a pride thing, an ego thing, a culture thing? Oh, I'm too good for this. Because the response that I had from a very close friend, which I was shocked, was we are talented. We don't need to be cleaning. Mm. And my, 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 my point was, is no one's so expecting you to clean for life. But at the moment, instead of sitting at home and saying, you can't feed your child, you can go and pump gas in the gas station. You can go and clean someone's house for a couple of hours a day. No one's asking you to sleep there. So what do you think the problem is? I think this is what we're used to. We've been living a life that's much more, that's higher than what we could ever afford. Whether be it the, from the low class to the middle class to the high class. We're always living more, we've always lived more than we could afford. Like we make a certain amount of money, whether it be it like, this is, if we think about it, like we also have a part in, in this inflation, like, okay, so let's say I'm in a middle class, I earn this much money, I, I can afford this much, but like, I want to travel four times a week, four times a uh, four times a summer, like during summer, I want to travel four times. I take, um, I, 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 uh, uh, I uh, take money from the bank more than I can afford. And I think that, like this is this has part, this took part of the inflation. Not saying that this is uh, the only reason. Okay, but um, we've always lived more that than we can, even the the, the lower class. So I think it, it's it's a question of عادي, you know. He can uh, uh, us our uh, like a poor, let's say a poor family they never seen maybe their their parents struggling for them to get the money they were just sitting around all the time and the, the generation before and the generation before maybe it's just that and as you said uh, we, we expect like we think we we have um, like your, your friend said, we're talented, but not everyone is talented. And we, we've, got to, we've got to admit that. Someone who's, who has never uh, had the opportunity to get a proper education, who was never uh, able to provide an, a proper education for, for their kids, you, you cannot just say like, yeah, this is a talented person. He just needs to sit around and wait for money to fall from the tree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. I have to it that way, but, but like, you, you know, know, you're so right. Yeah when you're putting effort and when you're trying to do something and when you're trying to help people get like a sustainable like develop a sustainable skill and develop a, and and get a job like get a job you're, you're gonna get paid at the end of the day you're not gonna be working for uh, for free or yeah um, but they can't go home and tell people they're cleaners mm -hmm. that's the problem and of course the Lebanese ego again yeah because the there, there is a huge educational awareness that needs to take place in the country. I mean, we can talk about next year and voting people in. I mean, what what is it a minority of people that are going to vote these people in and know who they are anyway? Because 
I mean, just with the littering and with it, it, there is so much going on in the country that it's it really, it's not just, as you said, blame it on the government. We all know that probably 80% of the hoo-ha that is happening in the country is because of the government. But there is a 20% that you are, a, a, you. it's your fault. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but it's your fault. It's your fault that there's garbage all over the streets because it's not the government running around throwing things out of their window. They're not doing that. But then you say to me, oh, they need to come and pick it up. Why? Why should they pick up after you because you want to be a dirty beep, beep, beep? <laughs> when the revolution started from the very first days, you cannot just go and revolt against the, uh, your government that it's uh, corrupted. And then uh, you have like an entire... Uh, NGO that was created just to clean, uh, like that, the, the offspring of uh, uh, of how how uh, Muatin Lebanese saw the light. The, their first uh, mission was like to clean up about uh, after these people who were coming to revolt and uh, uh, and like just uh, re revolt against their, uh, against their their government. And then you think like you cannot just come to the revolution and like uh, drink from your bottle of water and throw it on the ground. So well, yes, as I said, there's like so much the... going on. There's too much going on. And, and you're living here. And we know these things are apparent. We know these things are there. We know these things are frustrating. We know these things need to change. There are organizations propping up and setting up all over the place. We can say, great, I'm so happy. But how are you reaching the mass population? What are you actually doing on the ground to make sure it's sustainable change? Yeah. You know, we can. I can open an Instagram page tomorrow and call myself uh, seg segregate recycling. Let's just say, mm -hmm. okay, I sit and post lovely stuff from the from the comfort of my home, thinking, well done. But what's happening? Mm -hmm. uh, this, the garbage is still there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know, I know, I think this conversation went a little bit who uh, around the wrong corner. That's not where I wanted it to go. But I guess I'm as talking to you as a citizen, I mean, I find myself in the same situation. And um, I know we're probably at the same degree or level on, on, on the social ladder, let's, let's say. And, you know, we seem to be in the middle. We connect with people that have a lot of money and we do connect with people that don't have any money. Um, that's when you were on the streets on August 4. I'm sure you've seen it. So it's, it's, I, I do feel sincerely torn because I want to shout at the people that are underprivileged when I know I shouldn't be shouting at them because they're underprivileged. But at the same time, everything they're doing is making it harder for us to make any form of change or take any form of steps forward. And then you have the rich people that some are putting and investing into the country. I am not here to generalize, but some are just sitting back and just watching this all happen. And it's like, it's a soap opera, you know? It's like, oh, if I change the channel, I don't have to watch it anymore. But is that ignorance is bliss? I mean, we, we, can, we can sit here and say, hopefully it's just gonna be three, four years, you know, of, of hell and crisis. But if you've got a whole mentality, you've got to change. No, this is going to, this is, you're in it for the long haul, Christelle. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, I, I recently, like, uh, I was listening to one of uh, Sarah Liafi's talks and she said something very interesting. Like, in order for real change to happen in a country, you need the upper class to be actually wanting this change and asking for it. The upper class, the yeah, elite. 
Muslim, she, she, she said, when the elite of the country want change, this is when change is going to happen. So, uh, so we are all like other until they all have an epiphany. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so before we end this podcast on a negative note, because that's neither of us, <laughs> um, you do have the attention of our listeners and I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak to them directly and whatever it is that you'd like to leave with them today. Ahlo, sahlo. So, um, I, as you said, I would love to end on a positive note. Please do not lose hope. Please do not dread over negativity and whatever uh, and all the bad things that are happening. Keep that in mind because it's gonna, it, this is what gives us a push forward, but please do not lose hope. Please just sit, we're smart, we're talented. If you're listening to this, you are smart, you are talented. You, you, you are visionary, just like sit and just, just think what you can do to help. What you think would exploit your full potential. Where, 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 how can you use your full potential to help this country? It, it could be like on a small scale, on a bigger scale, and on a very wide scale. Just think about how you can help this country with what you have and with what you know, and do not lose hope. Thank you very much, Christelle. I think that message of hope is a big uh, wake-up call for all of us. We all have creativity. We're all able to sit and understand. Yes, exactly. You can do it. And if you really don't have a clue, you have people like Christelle and a lot of others that I've spoken to that you can speak to directly on Instagram or any form of social media channel, and they will either point you in the right direction or Mm. help you or guide you or even tell you to join whatever it is they're doing. So if you'd like to uh, keep up with what Christelle is doing, you can find her on Instagram, on Facebook. She's very active on Instagram. So uh, you get to see all of the updates and the different things she's got going on. And again, for our listeners, while I've still got a second, we are a crowdfunded organization and we do rely on donations. So every little helps. You can head to the website, levantx.com. You can make a one-time payment or a monthly fee, whichever tickles your pickle. (laughs) So Christelle, thank you very much for this lovely conversation it's been really great having this conversation with you thank you it was it was wonderful for doing everything you're doing because i know through every uh, uh, podcast or through every episode you're inspiring someone in any way in one way or another so i really hope this talk has inspired someone and thank you for doing this Thank you for being there and thank you for listening, Christelle. And thank you for everyone who has listened to Christelle and I have a little rant. Well, it's mostly me, not Christelle, but <laughs> have a little rant about the issues that we face. So again, Christelle, lovely to, to see you. Yes, yeah, someone has to rant. <laughs> lovely to see you and to talk to you. And uh, we will be keeping up with you and uh, have a wonderful evening. You too. Bye-bye.